Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from the pulpit of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I love the presence that I feel in this place. Lord, I don't want to ever take it for granted. The privilege that we have to come into the house of God and worship freely the way that we do. And man, you know, before church, I was out in the dining hall with several others and we were praying. And I just couldn't help but think that God shows up and moves in ways that we do not deserve. And if you think of that coming from an American society, it sounds weird that we do not deserve it because Americans deserve everything. You know, we have the best of the best in this country and we're still not happy. But yet, God thinks enough of us to come in to this house and move in ways that we do not deserve. And I'm just so thankful to be a part of a church. Hallelujah. I love you, God. Let's give him praise. Lord, I love you, Jesus. Thank you, God, for your mighty move. Thank you, God, for the moving of your spirit, God. You don't have to do it, Lord. This could be some dead, dry place. But thank you, God, for this oasis that you have given us, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I love the Lord. I'm going to read from the book of Matthew, chapter 17 and verse 1. You know, and I feel as though the Lord has already spoken here. And all you had to do was lean in to hear what God was saying. But if I can at least help one person with this thought that I have today, then the purpose has been served. Amen. And if you will preach along with me, then it'll go a lot faster. Amen. The louder it gets, the faster we talk. Amen. All right. So the Bible says in the book of Matthew, chapter 17 and verse 1, Now, after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, led them up on a high mountain by themselves. Verse 2 says, and he was transfigured before them. And I just want to take my thought from that first verse. He led them up on a high mountain by themselves. And I just want to speak to you for just a moment on being alone with God. Amen. Just being alone with God. Can we pray over this word? Lord, I thank you, God. Sincerely, Lord, for the privilege, God, to be in your presence today. 
I thank you, God, for the leading God and the move that you have put in this place, Jesus. Lord, let us hear what heaven would have to say. God, let me deliver this word as you would have given it, God. And I love you, Jesus, and I thank you for it, God. I praise your name, Lord. You are holy, mighty God. In the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name, you may be seated. It amazes me that in today's tech-friendly society, in this tech-friendly world, that there is so little time. All of these devices that just consume so many people's lives that were originally invented for the best of intentions to give us more time in the day, somehow we have lost what we had. Amen. We have been robbed of family time and time for oneself, but most importantly, time with God. Amen. Time is the most valuable asset that we we obtain, yet it seems that there is so little of it. In today's society, it's full of social networks and the hustle and bustle of life. And it seems that nearly any extra time that you have could be consumed with things that you forgot to to do yesterday or didn't get to yesterday. It's just so rushed in the world that we live in. Most people nowadays cherish the number of followers and so-called friends on social media sites rather than being in a real meaningful friendship or relationship. Half of the people on your page, you don't even know who they are. You've never met them. And it's raising a generation of people who will not know how to communicate. Amen. And I realize I'm in that number. I'm slipping in barely under the wire, but I'm I'm there. That that we we will suffer from not being able to communicate face to face. Amen. And where the world is going to run into problems is because... If you look at relationships across America, marriages are breaking every day at a record high. And we're still adding to the problem by not being able to communicate with people. Amen. Yet in this day, we hardly ever find ourselves truly alone. And if we, be, if we can be honest for a moment, just think about when you are alone, there's probably some sort of noise or communication right beside you. How many times are we completely alone in this society that we live in? It is up to us to dividely or to wisely divide our time to allow room for God. Amen. As bad as that sounds, that's a struggle for the church today because we live in the real world, amen, between family and jobs and school and everything else going on. We've got to find time to be alone with God. There are two types of being alone with God. See, there's the time that we make on our terms to be alone with God. This is the conscious decision to have a relationship that we make on our own. But there's also another type of being alone with God. It's when God 
sets us aside, sets us down from our daily routine. It is when the trials and the testing set in. And before you know it, you'll find yourself with no one around. And the reason that I can say this so confidently is because it happens to everyone, especially everyone that has a walk with God. Now, there are times when you can't even feel God around you. But whether we think it or not, while we're in the circumstance, God may just be getting us alone for a while. Those times are important because I feel it's almost God seeing your motive. Will you still continue to come in and worship when you don't feel God? And if you can make it through those dry seasons, you can make it through just about anything. Amen. But on that gloomy note, I want to bring this up. The most victorious battles in biblical history were won face-to-face with God when men and women were by themselves with him. Amen. And this is what I want to remind somebody of today. Even if you're alone, be alone with God. Amen. When God asked Abraham to sacrifice his most valuable possession, he took Isaac and a few other men along with him, and he set out on a journey to find a mountain that only God was going to show him. He didn't know where he was going. He just went out on this journey, a journey of trust with God. And when God finally revealed the place that he needed to be, the the scripture says that he turned to the young men that were with him and he said, you abide here. The lad and I will go yonder. And in faith, he said, we'll come again. Amen. There are times in spiritual journeys where you will have to be separated from people around you. Amen. Because Abraham and Isaac could only do this by themselves. This wasn't the young men's journey that was with them. He said, you stay here while we go and worship. And they came back on a new spiritual level, on a new level of trust with God and understanding that God is a provider. Amen. We find the story of Hannah in the Bible. She longed for a child. And she didn't go and pout about it for days on end. But she found herself in the temple of God, praying so fervently that the priests thought she was drunk and crazed. Amen. But through this season, God birthed in her a promise. From her came a prophet that changed their history. Amen. It was a season of finding herself alone with God. Amen. And the Bible says in the book of Matthew, the book of Luke records this same story and literally says that when he was alone with his disciples. But in the book of Matthew, the Bible says that when Jesus 
came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi. He asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. And he saith unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood hath not revealed unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it, and I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then charged he his disciples that they should tell no man that he was Jesus the Christ. Now in this story, we find Jesus at a time in his ministry, it was so close to the crucifixion, that he needed to understand that his three years of ministering were not wasted. He needed to understand that they knew who he was in order for him to go to Calvary and complete his mission, amen? And so Jesus got along with his disciples and he asked them, who do you say I am? Now I believe that this may very well be one of the most misused scriptures in the Bible. Don't throw anything at me, I'll explain. Because it gives a foreshadowing of the day of Pentecost. When this took place, Jesus got his disciples alone, and he asked them, who do you say I am? You know my name is Jesus. You know what I like to eat, you know what I like to do. Who am I? They must have thought he was crazy at first. You got to think, if one of your best friends pulled you aside and said, who am I? You're going to start to wonder some things. But if we look at what happened here, One spoke up and said, some say you're John the Baptist. The other spoke up and said, some say you're Elias or one of the prophets. Amen? But then Peter speaks up, and he says, thou art the Christ. And then we find the most important point in apostolic history when Jesus realized that Peter had enough discernment without the Holy Ghost to identify him as the Christ. And that's when Jesus said, Thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And that's when he gave him the keys to the kingdom. And this is what I mean by the most misunderstood scripture. Number one, you have some denominations who think that Peter's going to be standing there at the gate 
checking our name off as we go in. That's not what the Bible says. And then you've got others that I know there's some level of truth to it because we have the power, but Jesus wasn't speaking just to anybody whenever he said, whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. He was talking to Peter about the day of Pentecost. Amen? Because it's not very far that we find Peter, the Bible says in the book of Acts, but Peter standing up with the 11, lifted up his voice and said unto them, ye men of Judea and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my words. For these are not drunken as ye suppose, seeing but it is the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass that in the last days, somebody say today. Amen. That in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Say that's me. And your sons and daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens, somebody say, that's me. I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in heaven above, and signs in the earth beneath, blood, fire, and vapor of smoke. The sun shall turn into darkness, and the moon into blood, before the great day, the great and notable day of the Lord come. Amen. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on his, call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. And then we go down just a little bit farther and you find where Jesus told Peter, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Peter could have said quack like a duck and go home and that would have been the plan of salvation. But Jesus knew whenever he asked his disciples, who do you say I am? When Peter knew enough about God at that moment without the Holy Ghost to say that thou art the Christ, Jesus knew that he had the answer and that he could give Peter the keys to the kingdom. And the Bible says, and then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. This promise is to you, it's to you, it's to you, it's to you, it's to you. More importantly, it's to them. And it's to them, it's to them, and it's to them. And it's up to us to let them know. Because when Peter said it, God bound it up in heaven. That forever, Jesus Christ said, I am the door. But he gave Peter the key. And you won't get through that door without this key. Amen. And we found our calling that day. The calling of every Christian is to go and let them know. Powerful things, powerful things come from being alone with God. Amen. Amen. Don't count it as just a trial when you're alone with God. And I admit, it's, it's hard when you're sitting in that place because I've been there. It's hard to hear somebody holding the microphone, say, it's not a big deal. 
Because when you're in that place, it feels like there might not be a tomorrow. When you can't hear from God, when you can't feel God in a service. And my last example, if you musicians would get ready, is this. Many of us know the story of Jacob and Esau, front to back. Jacob was tricky. He lied to his father with his mother's help. And that branded him, amen, as a surplanter. And then God blesses Jacob. And he's able to go and find some prosperity. And then 14 years later, we find him having to face Esau again. And he's petrified. He sends the women and children on. But he does the right thing. He gets alone with God. And that's probably what saved his life. Was the fact that he got alone with God. Because the Bible says that he wrestled all night long. And something in Jacob's spirit. You know, it may have been his old nature of I'm going to take what I can get. Because the Bible says that even when he and Esau were born, Jacob was holding to Esau's heel. Amen? And he wasn't willing to let that birthright go, so deceitfully he got it. And the Bible says that Jacob refused to let him go. He said, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. And that is when he touched the hollow of Jacob's thigh. And Jacob was named Israel. See those name changing moments in the Bible? They happen when people are alone with God. Fame can be found in the masses. You can be healed in front of the masses. If you think about different miracles that Jesus performed, there were people all around him. But those name-changing moments, people that had their identity forever changed, all of that happened when they were alone with God. And I want to speak to somebody that feels so alone today. You know, life and the enemy put so much on us and 
So many things can run through your mind in situations like that. But oftentimes it's God saying, slow down and get to know who I am. Having grown up in this great church, I've had situations like that where God said, stop. You need to get to know me for yourself. Not for how your parents know me. Not for how your mentors know me. But get to know me on a personal level. And those are the times that I wouldn't trade for anything. Amen. Man, can we stand over the house? I battled with sharing this because I didn't want it to seem like I was just talking about me today, but I feel led to. Several years ago, I was working on a message. It wasn't anything special by far. But Brother Boyd graciously puts up with us young men and asks me to speak. And the message was, when God hungers. And you know, I'm just from lessons learned, I probably got more out of that than anybody else. But the next week after I gave that message, uh, my family went to New York City and we were on vacation. And God moved in a couple of different ways when we were there. We met a man in the middle of Times Square that identified us as apostolic and he was as well and he was actually affiliated with Brother Arnold's church in Gainesville. Never met him in our life before. And then that same afternoon, just so happened, we were sitting in Central Park at a very busy intersection, and there were there were two men there. And you, you see this stuff all over, all over the city. There were two men there just completely trying to preach and misusing the word of God. You know, and the reason I say you see this all over the city is because you can ignore it, you know, you accept the fact that they don't really know what they're talking about, and you just move on. But it all happened so fast, I'm not sure what transpired. But before I knew it, I was talking. And just correcting what they were saying. And I started with John 1 and 1, that in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And before I knew it, I was quoting scriptures I didn't know I could quote, because the Bible says that God will put it in your mouth. And before I knew it, there was a crowd standing there. And maybe that was the reason. 
because before it was over with, I quoted the scripture where Paul was saying that he was all things to all men because he was a servant of God. And before it was over, I said, and then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And I looked him in the eye, Sister Deborah, and I said, this promise is for you. And I turned over here and I said, this promise is for you. This promise is for you. And this promise is to you. And God taught me with that. That whenever he hungers, whenever he desires a servant, no matter where it is, we've got to be ready. And the only time that I'm going to be ready, the only time that you're going to be ready is if we can get along with God. I don't think I'm special in the least. When I think of being a part of the, of the body of God, I may be a blood cell because they are easily regenerated. That means God forbid, but if something happened, The body of Christ wouldn't skip a beat. And somebody else would be there to take up the ministry and move. I've been around long enough to see people come and see people go. And I have seen ministries switch hands. Mantles are still falling. of prayer warriors that have moved on. And if we don't get along with God, we may miss that mantle. Don't miss the mantle. Can we just make an altar where we stand? Lord, I love you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.